Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake and today Lance and I are talking about a classic cocktail from New Orleans, the Vucare. We also spend some time exploring some new podcast ideas and appreciating David Lynch. Enjoy. Hi, Lance. Hi. Oh, God. <laughs> Starting out great. Cheers. So, we're having <laughs> Vucare's. Let the good times roll. I am so glad you said it first because I I'm I am not. I look at that word and I always want to say view, but it's vu. Well, I mean that's how that's how that's how they say it in New Orleans. Um, but and this also, is one of your faves. You said they also say things like Nolans in New Orleans, so they yeah. they can do that. You know, I I uh, had. A fluent French speaker uh, just read me the riot act for the way I pronounce <laughs> this drink, um, but I don't care. So now you know. Is that so? It is vu or I, is it vu vu yeah, vu well, that's, that's that's the whole problem. French French pronunciation is <laughs> the hardest for me. Just make fun of the French what we're gonna do this episode they don't listen anyway fuck them uh but it is one of my favorite drinks it's a uh it's, it's like a real fancy manhattan it is it's got a lot of in well well yeah it has a lot six ingredients six what i had six in my oh, recipe you know what i forgot my bitters <laughs> those are that's important there's two kinds of bitters yeah that's essential for this drink and it I, kind of is, and I, I'm disappointed now. <laughs> you can add them. You can pa- you can, uh, you go and get some bitters. I'll go get my bitters. I'll I'll entertain the kids at home. Excellent. So um, it was my turn this time to suggest a drink for our escapade, and um, I try to I try to select classic ones so that you can enjoy them at home with us. Because I imagine that this is like a special magical Christmassy treat for you, like a box that you're, you know, you've been watching and, and you open it and um, you get to follow along for an hour to an hour and a half. And I want you to be able to generally drink what we're drinking. So I don't want the, I don't want to get the ingredients too far afield. Um, and, and this is a classic. It's uh, from, as we mentioned, New Orleans. And I, I had to go back and look through our past episodes because I thought we had done this one already. Uh, and it turned out not. So, and mine, and we'll ask Jake when he gets back what his his is. Mine is equal parts uh, Remy Martin cognac, um, whistle pig. Uh, fa- I think it's farm farmstead whiskey. Uh, Coqui di Toronto uh, red, red sweet vermouth. And then you add a little bit of Benedictine. They say it's a teaspoon of Benedictine. And my uh, the the recipe I was following says two dashes uh, each of Peychaud's and the other one. Angostura. <laughs> I got that far. Um, <laughs> and if you're like me, the Angostura bottle doesn't allow you really to dash. It just oh, kind of does. Yeah, I have the giant bottle as well. I, I do too, yeah. And it, you just get a stream of bitters uh, Which is fine with me. Yeah, frankly. I'm okay with it. I like a little extra bitter in my drink. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I mean, 
That is a lot of ingredients. That's a lot of stuff contending in your glass. I, I missed your measurements. Did you do three quarter, three quarter, three quarter? I did. Equal okay. parts. I, I did. Actually, I didn't. I actually did an ounce. Yeah, I, I, I did whole ounces as well. I, I poured a little heavily <laughs> on the whiskey, and I thought, oh, balance it out. Mm. It'll work. And it did work. And I'll, I'll tell you, I already told the kids at home, but this is uh, Remy Martin uh-huh. Cognac, VSOP, which stands for very sad old prunes <laughs> and uh whistle pig farmstead whiskey uh-huh. uh and uh cookie di torino 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 yes cookie di torino as my vermouth of choice um i i saw the vucare described as sort of encapsulating the uh you know the cultures that come together in new orleans it's got the french with the cognac it's got the american whiskey it's got Italian vermouth, all that, and the the you know the bitters are coming from the Caribbean, so you get all these people come together in New Orleans. So the the this drink is supposedly capturing that. Oh, nice! So it's it's it is it's a little New Orleans in a glass with some ice, tinkle tinkle. Mm-hmm. And we need the ice. It's been I don't know. Uh, we're recording this after the. Two days after the hottest day ever in San Francisco. It was ridiculous, right? It was like... Miserable. 110 or almost. Well, the official temperature was 106. And um, people people on the Tweeties were upset because we were all complaining. But again, I just want to mention, we don't have air conditioning because it's unusual to get above 80 here. Right. We're on the coast. We have this lovely inversion layer. It's, it's generally cool and the foggy mist and all that. So... Anytime it gets like, you know, 85 to 90, we're already upset. 106. Yeah. Can't, can't do it. And I'll confess, I was one of those jerks that was like posting links to air conditioners and stuff like that for you. I understand. (laughs) I did look at getting an air conditioning unit, um, but they weigh a lot and I get, and I'm on the second floor and I'm afraid of these windows aren't going to be able to hold it. And I'd have to get a, like a little thing outside and again, second floor. So it's, and it doesn't happen that often. It's happening more often, it seems. Uh, but, and certainly 106 is on the extreme end. Right. Um, and in my, in my apartment, along with the construction in my wall, they have stripped all of the insulation from the downstairs apartment. So all of its heat, uh, gross. Comes up into mine, which, <laughs> which incidentally has insulation uh, on top. Yeah, so it's so it's just like it's like a it's like a you've heard of the cloud. Well, it was here, but it was made of sweat. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and it did get to a hundred degrees inside inside my apartment. No, that's uh, terrible. Um, yeah, it was. It didn't get above. It got it got right to a hundred. I was like watching. I I have a little um, uh, video like a webcam that uh-huh. also measures your humidity your temperature and your air quality i don't know what that means but right in that you have air my bathroom and scale measures air quality which is ridiculous i don't i don't know what that means <laughs> uh but i kept checking it throughout the day and i was sitting here in my bedroom because it's relatively cooler because in the main room and it's again it's like one big room basically but there's a there's a little cutoff here but i have a skylight in the living room okay which you know, there's so there's also direct sunlight coming into my apartment while it's heating up. Yeah, so that and probably made it 100 it, degrees. The, the skylight, I presume, does not open. 
No, <laughs> no, it does not. Oh. And even if it did, it wouldn't have made a difference. There was no wind. It was just hot. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And you're in an apartment, so I, I assume there's no, like, cross-ventilation that you can do. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all the windows tend to be on one side. Yeah. Uh, and also, I read a scientific thing, which I can attest to now. If the temperature is around 95 or above, Moving air makes no difference. It does not cool you off any longer. Great. So, yeah, I was, I did the, I don't want to go into too much. This is about drinking and not about sweating. And the, kind of well, the same thing. But, well. <laughs> um, but the thing that really did help was to get And this a, is a New Orleans drink, so. So if it's, maybe they do this in New Orleans too, I don't know. Get a washcloth get a, or like a tea towel or whatever you have, uh -huh. wet it, uh -huh. stick it in the fridge so get it cold and then yeah. just put it on the back of your neck uh-huh and that does it helps immensely you can just walk around with it you look a little silly your shirt's <laughs> getting wet but you're not dying and i think that's that's key okay yeah don't die no no i mean you sweat a lot when you're in new orleans so it's appropriate that we talk about these things <laughs> i i i have a friend in sacramento and they've been just roasting apparently for the longest time and their temperatures did get above 110. It's nearly, I mean, okay. I've never actually been there, but from what I hear, it's nearly always gross there. Right. I don't, I'm not sure why we moved to the capital there. I, I, I would assume it's economics of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it's not, pretty much everywhere was much worse than we were. Mm. Like there was some place uh, up north got to 115. Yikes. Uh, Monterey, which is usually gorgeous and filled with old people uh -huh. who well, are it's... not necessarily gorgeous, it's... also got up to in the in the triple digits. It was just insane. Yeah, it's a... Monterey's like actually surrounded by water, right? Like... It totally is. They, <laughs> yes, they have a lovely aquarium there. It, like, it literally like sticks out onto the ocean and it was miserable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Vukare, the Vukare. Do do you know anything of the history? Because I I looked. I I was actually more interested in cognac, mm. like what makes cognac cognac. Than than I than I looked at the um, history here. Yeah. So the history uh, goes back to the Hotel Monteleone in New Orleans. Uh, it was apparently sometime in the mid thirties. At the carousel room in the Hotel Monteleone, and apparently it's a real spinning room. Um, and it was sort of the house drink in in the late 30s at that hotel. Yeah, I was, I'm looking for his name too, and I can't, I don't know. Um, it's, it's in our friend's Elemental app, actually. Oh, she knows all, or she can find it out. Right. And the carousel bar is still there, it looks like? Uh, apparently. You can uh, go sit in a carousel and get drunk? That seems like a bad idea, but do you do It does. Do you? It does. And I I think your initial description of this is like a, a an upper-classy Manhattan. Right. Not, not, nothing against the Manhattan, no, obviously. absolutely we not. We both love the Manhattan. Um, but it does have a little something-something going on. A little, little bit extra. So Walter, My... Walter Bergeron is the bartender. And he's at least somewhat famous amongst bartender types because in the middle of prohibition he answered a census survey uh -huh. with, with his uh occupation filled in as bartender 
<clears throat> oh, and I'm seeing here this is this should or might be served up with a lemon twist. I did not do that. Did you did you twist it? I did twist it. Um, it's... My recipe did not call for a twist of any sort. Yeah, some recipes call for a cherry. A few call for a twist. I like it a lot with a twist. I could see a cherry and a twist. Yeah. I like rummaging through the garden, as they say. I, actually, only I say that, I think. <laughs> oh, my God, I finished it already. Um, but that's fine. And then cognac, I looked up. It, mm-hmm. it is a type of brandy. And like many things in France, it comes from a certain section of the country. Okay. And must come from there. And the kind of grapes that it is made with are also specific, but you can combine them in different ways. Interesting. Um, and, and what what differentiates cognac from like Armagnac? My assumption, I don't have that all, I don't have that readily available, but I would bet it just that Armagnac comes from the Armagnac part and oh, okay. cognac comes from the cognac part. But other than that, they're both brandies. They're both brandies, right? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So I my drink I made with uh, Miro sweet vermouth, which, which is from Spain rather mm-hmm. than Italy. Uh, the brand of cognac I have is called Doe. It's D-E-A-U. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. So I'm pretty sure that would be pronounced as just Doe. But, that sounds good. I'll um, go with that. It's got a griffin on the bottle, which is really cool. Um, and then the rye whiskey I used was really interesting. It's from the Netherlands. It's called Millstone. Oh, and it's a hundred proof and is delicious just as a sipper, but makes is a, it makes a classy. Do, do they make a lot of whiskey over there? I'd never heard of it. It's new who, to me. Who, who, did you just find this and magically produce it, or no? My friends at the uh, Proper Pour, my favorite bottle shop, talked me into buying it because it is a pricey bottle. Ah. Um, it's it's like a ninety five dollar bottle, but uh, yeah. I, well, my, my I get a little discount, well. so... Oh. Is that because you just mentioned them by name on our widely distributed podcast? Uh, not at all. <laughs> um, and I, I chose Remy Martin because it's fun to say, mm-hmm. and also because it's from um, Sandra Bernhard. Do you remember her? Yeah. She did uh, Without You, I'm Nothing, which was her one-man-slash-one-woman show. Right. And she did a little piece in there about being by the pool and ordering her Remy Martin. And I always remember that. So it's just fun. Again, it's just fun to say Remy Martin. Give me some Remy. But yeah, uh, it's whiskey and sweet vermouth so it's with bitters. So it's very much like a Manhattan. Uh, it's just doctored up a little bit with the uh, Benedictine. Um, and of course, subbing some of the whiskey out for cognac. And it is good on a sweaty day like today. Yeah, it's really refreshing, it's... even though it's like a strong whiskey drink. I had, I initially thought that it was not served on the rocks, but it is. At least that, again, that was my recipe. I thought it was more of a cocktail-y thing. Mm-mm. So I'm happy because it keeps it cold. Yeah, and you get to sort of tailor your own dilution um i did see some very strange variations of the recipe there's there's one that i shared with you from savour that is all equal parts including the benedictine so that's a lot of benedictine 
that is a lot of Benedictine. I want, it, did they say if that's from? Is that like the original recipe, or they just they're just riffing? I don't know. I mean, no. it's yeah. It looks like not. It looks like when they they're making up. It's a big drink with the extra Benedictine in it, though. Oh wait, they reduced everything to half. Yeah, everything's half ounces. So that's actually a small drink. I don't think I'm going to try that. No, that that turns into a two ounce drink. Yeah, Benedict. Well, also just Benedictine to me is like chartreuse, and a little goes a very long way. Yeah, Benedictine is more sweet though than something like chartreuse. Like it's more syrupy to me. Mm, it just to me uh, overwhelms or can overwhelm. I think the <clears throat> I I kind of drizzled it in. I didn't really measure it per se. I did a um, bar spoon. Bar spoon. Yeah, I was lazy. I was, I was, I was like, I've already messed up the ingredients. I'll just drizzle as much as I think I want in it, and it turned out exactly the way that I wanted. Now, my next one, I'm going to, I'm going to trade up. I'm going to do a different rye. I'm going to do a different um, vermouth, and I do have a bottle of Armagnac. Mm. So I'm going to see if it makes any difference whatsoever. So I have. Uh, Spanish brandy that is funky as hell. Like it's Ooh. really bizarre. It's it's the Lustau brand and it's brandy de, de Jerez, um, and it's wild. <laughs> Do you drink a lot of brandy? No, I really don't. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I, 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 I associate it with being really cold. <laughs> well, like you have that big the big snifter and you're like warming it. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Interesting. I've never just like had brandy in a snifter like that. Um, I have. I admit that I have. The first time I had it, I was. Was it like at a place? Like no, you, it was at a friend's house. Were you uh, at a gentleman's was, club or something? <laughs> I. This was when I was living in Vermont, and it was fucking cold, and it was late in the evening, probably two or three. Uh, we had a habit of staying up late and just, you know, shooting the shit. And he often referred to that as the shank of the evening. And at that point, it was, we need some, something special, something to round us out. And uh, he he had the huge snifters. Hmm. with my friend Mark. And, you know, you just pour a little in the bottom, probably an ounce and a half. And it's in this giant balloon glass. Right. And then he did say you hold it with the stem between, I don't know, like, so make the live long and prosper. So so that the then, palm of your hand will cradle the bowl of the snifter and warm yes, it. Because you do want it, apparently you want it warm, but well, it's, Randy... It's to is, release the phenols and whatever stuff is in but there. But Randy is pretty high, has a pretty high alcohol content. So mm. it, it's warm in that sense anyway. Right. And and I have to say, having done it, I guess sure, but <laughs> it it is not. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't done it since. I'll put uh, it that way. All right. And I I've had that bottle of brandy. I don't even know. I don't know how long I've had it. It's not something I think of or enjoy. It's not. Uh, I I only buy cognac to make vucares. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, I can't even think of another cocktail that. You. Well, I assume people just drink it. It, it. It's it's big in some circles, or at least it's big in some rap songs. But I, 
it's not a I don't think it's pleasant. <laughs> that, am I wrong to say that? Uh, I honestly Maybe. haven't even tried it on its own. It's, it's to I mean it's like I said it's been a long time but my mm. memory of it is it's not very engaging. It's not it doesn't have a lot of Maybe this was bad brandy. I I don't think so because Mark does not buy bad things. But yeah. it it struck me. And I, admittedly, at that point, I was not much of a uh, alcohol drinker. I was not. Yeah. I was more into the wines than I was into the liquors. Um, but yeah, memory. The, the only memory I have of it is how hot it was, mm. I, both on my palate and yeah, just yeah. being hot. That's it. I I remember. Like when I first started getting into cocktails, I tried to drink cognac and it like immediately gave me a headache. Like mm. there's something about it that just like immediately went like gave me a headache, like a pre hangover. So I didn't drink it. <laughs> mm. You know, why and, would you? Yeah. And uh, I don't think that's a problem for me anymore, but it, it's just not something I seek out really. And I tend to only get it to make this drink and it's not like it's a high dollar spirit for the most part like i'm sure the category can go high dollar but for the most part you know 20 30 dollars gets you a bottle of cognac yeah i i would bet it's like any other like you can spend 30 dollars on gin you can spend 130 dollars on gin and they both taste like gin right i i i would bet cognac and and brandy are probably the same i i was looking up all of the what the initials meant Okay. The VOBS. So VO is very old, uh -huh. um, and that means four years. Yeah. BS is very special, mm. and that's two years. BSOP is very special, superior old pale. Uh, means that the youngest cognac in the blend must be at least four years, or for Armagnac, five years. Okay. Why? I don't know. There's Napoleon. Uh, that's four years old, or, a or an Armagnac that's six years old. Mm. There's EXO, which is extra old, and that's ten years old. Ooh. And then there's varietal vintage Ourdage, or of the ages. Uh, <laughs> and that says it's so old, it's impolite to ask, like a lovely lady. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> some say that's around 35 years. Some say... 50. Whoa, holy Moses. Ordage of the ages, so you know. I'm, I'm uh, sure that'll cost you a pretty penny. I would think, yeah. Or it's just called that and you can't tell the difference. Oh, this is delicious Ordage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then there's crew, which is, you know, it, like wine re refers to that it's um, from that growing region, from the six specific growing regions. It's not from outside. It's not a different cognac. Right. There you have it. That's that's that is from the internet, so it's got to be true. Yeah. Use it to your advantage the next time you are at a cognac bar, or or, I guess this applies to any any brandy. You can get VSOP brandy as well as yeah, cognac and Armagnac, etc. Right. It's interesting that Armagnac has its own rules about ages. It looks like they're trying to one up cognac. Yeah, it's like, like you plus, do four years plus it's one six. Let's just add a year on top. Well, I, like I said, I'm doing an Armagnac next, so I'll, I will let you know whether it is superior yeah. to the plain old cognac. I'm going to try the Spanish brandy, and I'm kind of worried because I haven't made a drink 
with that brandy that I've actually liked all that much. So it's a challenge. Why worry, Jake? If you don't like it, you can get rid of it and start again. Yeah. I mean, it's magic. I'm going to try it. I'm actually going to try bumping up the Benedictine to see if Ooh. that balances things out. All right. Um, I Shall still, we go for round two? I still have my pretty clear ice cube, so it's time for a refill. Well, mine are all cloudy and disgusting. <laughs> but I've been going through ice like it's going out of style. I bet you have. See you in a minute. I switched my ride to Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did my Spanish vermouth and Spanish brandy. And I did a half ounce of Benedictine. And it's still weird, but it's good. <laughs> weird, but good. That is that is often a good combination, actually. I, it's something that you enjoy, but you probably don't drink again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this Spanish brandy is just a challenge for me. And I... I know bartenders that love it a lot and that have made me drinks that I've loved with it in it. So I, it, it's a failing of my own. Like I'm, I'm just not landing with this one. Uh, this one's probably going to knock me on my butt. Uh, <laughs> this has Pikesville rye, which is 110 proof and delicious and very nice. And, uh, the Armagnac, which is also brandy. Brandy tends to be high, uh, yield as well. <laughs> and then I'm just using some regular old Martini and Rossi, uh, you know, Rouge de mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I upped my Benedictine amount, but I probably did. Um, cause I'm, you know, a little pouring it mm-hmm. and you got your twist. I added the twist and I don't know if you can see at the bottom, there are some brandied cherries there as well. Well, that makes perfect sense. I know. I'm. This is going to be... It's like my meal. It's like dinner. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's high in calories, but yeah. low in fat. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that never works. It's never... You're never going to... You can't sell anybody on that one. No. Mm. The, the fat just builds up on your liver instead of anywhere else. So I'm going to say that I liked the previous one better better yeah i think the wow that really does have a kick in it (laughs) oh golly oh man that that was time delayed Mm. drink a little water with that one Mm -hmm. um yeah that is uh, wow i'm not (laughs) sure why why do i like the first one better let me try again The first one um, seemed a little more, there was a little more going on. Mm. I think in this one, the whiskey might be uh, winning. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it does, to me, uh, it's it, like like the melody is not as complicated. Mm. It's polite. It's lovely. You could listen to it with your friends, but... It, it it misses a couple of the notes that the other one had. For someone else, they might enjoy it much more. Right. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, and, I, I would definitely say the brandy's winning the fight in my drink, um, just because it's so unique. Um, also, the lemon doesn't appear to do anything. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, let me preface that by saying it was 100 degrees in my apartment, so all of my fruit is just sad. Not, not. <laughs> that lemon was like, oh, use me quickly. It was a, it was like, um, it was like a soft. I, they're not supposed to be soft, and it was a bit soft. So yeah, okay, well, so maybe that's. I mean, maybe it like leaked all its oil, and it's. Mm-hmm. it's Poor little sad dry thing. I I think a good twist uh, really makes the Vukare a little something special. It lightens it up a little bit because it is kind of a heavy flavored drink. It is, um, as I said, there's a lot of ingredients and a lot going on. Um, but I think because I've got 110 proof whiskey here, it, it my tongue is like ouch. <laughs> You and just, the other the other things are yeah. You just need your uh, ice to melt a little bit more. It'll be fine. It's getting, it's getting stomped on. Is is the is is I think the scientific explanation. Yes. Mm. Um. What? So, what would you have this with if you were pairing it? Uh, food wise, like chocolate. Mm. Would that work? Because it works with whiskey and scotch. True. But I wonder if it's like if it was a dark chocolate. I'm just thinking like at a party, not necessarily for dinner. Yeah. But if you had some Vukares to pass about, I don't see this with cheese, for example. Yeah, it seems like that would be too much strange on top of strange, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not always the case, but I think it is with this. Maybe like vegetable. No, no. I was going to say vegetables and like a crudite, but I don't think that's going to work either. No, that's a what? tricky thing. Like sorbet, <laughs> like you just whip up a sorbet and pass that around. Well, first off, like I don't think I would make this drink at a party. Like I would, I would make Manhattans at a party. I'd make martinis at a party. I'd, any sort of shaken drink is great for a party. But I don't think I would count this. Like, I wouldn't make this for a group of friends. Like, this is either me on the couch or me and my wife on the couch kind of sitting Because it's particular? Yeah. That most people won't probably like it? Or why wouldn't you make it for... I don't know. I have I have no explanation for that. But this seems like a quiet time drinking drink. Well, I'm I am a lazy bartender. And there is a lot of ingredients here that you have to gather and have on your countertop. And that might prevent me from because then if somebody likes it, you need to make another one, and then it takes you away for twenty minutes as you're trying to make all this put all the stuff in there. Um, as I said, it, I fully admit that's a lazy excuse, but as opposed to as you said, making a Manhattan or a Martini, which is basically glunk glunk ploop done. <laughs> this this is there's a balancing act that's going on. You can or cannot garnish it. It is served on on rocks, so it could turn into kind of a melty mess uh-huh. if someone doesn't like it and is too polite to say, "Can you make me something else?" Right. So I I could see all of those points. At the same time, I would say that nearly all of my friends like this drink. Oh yeah, and I would totally make it for someone who had never had one. Mm-hmm. But you know, had indicated that it would be up their alley. Like if they were Manhattan drinkers and had never had a Vukare, I'd be dancing around in the kitchen to make this drink for them. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, it's not it's not the top of my list. And I mentioned while you were adding bitters that <clears throat> I thought we had already covered this one because it is a classic. And I had to look back through our library to see that, no, in fact, we have never made Bucarest. Yeah, I was and, surprised. It just it it's not one it, it's not on my greatest hits currently. It might change now that I know because, as you know, I like the equal parts stuff. Yeah. And this is more or less two different equal parts stuff. So you've got equal parts of the whiskey, brandy, vermouth, and yeah. then more or less equal parts of the Benedictine and the bitters and the bitters. Oh, that's interesting. Um... <laughs> I'm just saying, it's easy. So, yeah, as it, I said, for a lazy person, that's it, easy to remember. Yeah, it is easy to remember, and it is... Um... And you can play with the Benedictine, as you have done. So if you want to just put a little bit in, treat it like another kind of bitters, you can do that, a teaspoon or a bar spoon. And it's probably, one, can, that, it's probably you know, one that you can build in the glass pretty effectively, like a Negroni. Like I, mm, often, mm-hmm. I often build my Negronis right in the glass instead of having a mixing glass and all that. Why? <laughs> it's faster. He said judgmentally. Why? <clears throat> It's faster for numerous people, so you just but but aren't you but isn't it easy well so my in my head I'm thinking if I need to make it for multiple people, I know an agroni is equal parts things and so I can like I can use the, the the measurer. If you're making separate ones, don't you have to go one, 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 one. No, I'm just, talking, just if if I'm making a Negroni for myself, I will For you. All right. Like rather than dirty up extra dishes and like spend extra ice you know i like all of the ceremony i like that's mainly why i (laughs) not mainly it's but it's it's a prime reason why i like cocktails is because of the i know it's fussy and i know it's a lot of it is probably doesn't make any difference but i like the idea of this gets shaken but this gets stirred oh yeah and this needs a rock in it but this one doesn't and i I love all those stupid fiddly things, which is why I like, if I'm going to make Negronis, I I will get out my cut glass Japanese mixing glass Mm. with matching strainer. Yep. And I'll use my mixing spoon, not my teaspoon. It's a different spoon (laughs) to mix it up. And and I have a, you know, a big ice cube because you don't want to use small ones. They're going to they're going to melt too quickly. You don't want it too diluted. So use the big ice cube and you've got clear ice cubes. So I know that you like this as well. I, and I say I'm a lazy bartender, but that really extends to what can I remember? Right. OK. What 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 can I go into the Like if, if I've got my friend over and we're going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2 right now. Which is what great. Can I go? Highly oh, recommended. my God. So good. So fun. <laughs> uh, what can I just go into the kitchen knowing this, this and this blog, 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 yeah. mix, mix, mix. And, and I'm back and we're watching the movie. And I'll be and honest. This... I used to have a lot more things committed to memory, mm-hmm. um, but I have trimmed that down quite a bit. Like that. And tell me about your, I'm sure you've told me about it before, but I'm old and I'm forgetful. Your month without liquor. What, what is that? Why, why, or, or well, why is that? Why is that? Um, primarily. It's not Lent, you know, it's not Lent. You don't have to feel guilty about this. No, no, no. And, and I, it was supposed to start a couple of days ago, but. No, it's my fault. Reasons. I understand. I'll take the guilt. 
whatever. I'm always ready to take anyone's guilt. Uh, but no, uh, primarily it's because I have an ear surgery coming up in the middle of the month. Ooh, another one. Yeah. So th- this is the follow-up surgery uh, to reconstruct my middle ear. That After- sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited about it. Uh, but so Will I'm, it be bionic? Yeah, I, I may have prosthetic oh ear bones. Oh, my God. That is so cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Can they put, like, a plug in that you can just, like, plug <laughs> directly in? It kind of feels like I have one because my, my scar, the incision scar, has, like, the end of it healed differently than the rest okay, of it. Yeah, I want to I come back to this because it reminds me of something that I run into on my audio video magic. But anyway, so you're having so you're having your surgery. Yep. Having alcohol, not maybe the best idea in that case. Right. The re- The thing about the recovery from these surgeries is it's purely like getting over being under the anesthesia. Like the actual head wound isn't that severe as as head wounds go but uh the anesthesia throws me for a loop so Mm. there's gonna be like a week where i'm just like tired all the time and taking naps and i probably shouldn't be drinking then and i probably shouldn't drink leading up to it uh so i figure turn that into an excuse to not drink for a while and maybe shed some pounds and you know oh because it sounded to me like this is something annually that you and Hezzy do we do it um almost annually and usually we do like february or something just arbitrary because then valentine's day is like the mid-month break that we get mm-hmm. to cheat and have some drinks <laughs> but uh, it's it's purely just a i mean drinking alcohol takes a toll on your body it's poison you have to recognize this <laughs> it's delicious poison it's delicious way fun poison oh but... my god that, i want that to be the name of my bar now delicious poison <laughs> that is that is such a good name on t-shirts and it, that is such a good name wow we need to we need to register trademark that that shit right right immediately should we change the podcast name maybe (laughs) that is good delicious poison um i yeah i i've i've accidentally cut down on my drinking only because we used to we used to do tipple tuesdays and now we're dungeons Dungeons and and dragoning and we do obviously have a cocktail or two during that time but i think that when we go to bars we do tend to overdo it because uh. we we want to we see something interesting on the menu and we want to try that and we want to try something else and right. and we know there are so many places to go when we're sitting over at dinas and playing D, you know again lazy bartender cock 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 in that's not right what? i don't know what that means <laughs> cocks in no but and are you like talking about? Are you talking about like the dude that yells at the rowers so they go faster? Or? Yes, the Cox one. <laughs> uh, and and again, we'll do like fitty fitties. We'll do Manhattans. We'll do things that we know. I'm I'm a big fan of the blood and sand now. Yeah, uh, particularly since our podcast. Well, and, and 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 you are hanging out with the queen of the shim, so exactly. So we we obviously will do a cocktail or two during that, but otherwise I'm not I'm not going out as much. Um and uh so and I don't drink alone generally speaking. I will if I'm watching 
if I'm watching like iTunes and I and I think that oh a Thin Man episode would be fun to watch, you have to drink. Yes. Um, there but, is no watching the Thin Man without no a martini. That's what they do the entire movie. All of the movies, they're all just. I'll, I'll so allow good. a Manhattan, but mostly you need martinis, I think. Mm-hmm. And 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 actually, the the idea of matching. Uh, I think I've mentioned before my audio video setup here is pretty spectacular. Right. But matching a drink to a movie is actually kind of a a difficult process. For it depends. example, it depends on the movie. Because there. So is... I'm going to give you a challenge. Okay. Are we going to play a game? We're going to play a little game, and here it is, immediately. You are going to watch a film from 1972, a Japanese monster movie, called Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. Uh-huh. All you know about it is, it is crazy insane. Okay. It's, it's, it's the Japanese are a bit upset that we're poisoning the waters which makes obviously farming for tuna and making delicious sushi harder uh-huh. and in fact the pollution has created this new monster the smog monster and they're they're blaming the americans for this no not directly just the world uh, it, it's more i mean <laughs> i don't know if you're a godzilla fan but generally speaking the Godzilla oeuvre is about <laughs> the fact that nature is fighting us. Like okay. we have we've abused nature to an extent that it's fighting back. Mm-hmm. And the way that it fights back is making these giant rubber suited monsters right. that come and destroy Tokyo again and again and again. Mm-hmm. All right. So you so the assi- this week's assignment. You need to what is the cocktail to serve with a nineteen seventies and and everything that implies too. If you remember the seventies, fashions were amazing. We're we're kind of getting out of the sixties where there were hippies and psychedelic um dancing going on, which does occur in this film. It's amazing. You should watch it. What would you serve? This is actually You're... really easy if you ask me. Okay. I'm asking. Uh, you do a nice Japanese whiskey highball, perhaps with some vermouth added. What kind of vermouth? Well, I I would say something like a Carpano Bianco. Ooh. So basically make... Whiskey. Yeah, make a Japanese whiskey white Manhattan. So two ounces of, you know, Yamazaki or whatever you have. Uh, one ounce of Carpano Bianco. Lots of ice in a tall Tom Collins glass and top that off with soda. Suddenly, this seems like a much better podcast than the podcast we've been doing. Instead of focusing on <laughs> a a cocktail, uh-huh. we propose, okay, this week's film is Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. And we both propose, like, here's what you want to drink. This This is the perfect drink for this film. And then... We we can because I think Godzilla versus a small monster is on YouTube somewhere, mm. and so now it's like super interactive. You can listen to us kind of like MST3K over sure. the top of yeah. Godzilla versus a small monster while you're drinking the drinks we recommend, and you'd be the judge. It's interact. It's everything. It's interactive. It's entertaining. It appeals to the kids because it's like retro. And they love the retro, I think. So I don't so, so think what's, the kids, but that's my belief. 
You, you need to have a counter proposal drink then. What's your drink? For Godzilla vs. Smog Monster? Um, I months, months. Months. Once. <laughs> I, yeah, it's really. This is bad. I, I said this was. This is. Anyway, I once made a drink, which I've spoken about on our podcast before, that was beer. Not beer, but beer. Mm-hmm. And. Geneva, and I was trying to make a weird gin and tonic. So, so the beer is quinoa, be- not quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, not quinoa. Quin, quin, what is it? Quinchona. It's it, uh, yeah, quinine. It's <laughs> not quinoa. Yes, quinchona. But uh, yeah, so beer is aromatized wine bittered with quinchona bark. It is a weird. It's some weird shit. Yeah, and and Geneva is sort of gin, but it's it's the it's the the most sweat sock you can get in a gin. Right, and so this brandy that I used reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, I think I think I think the Dutch say Yennever. Um, yes, you are right. But whatever, we say everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but we should we should correct ourselves when we know. I think that's fair. So Yenever. So those two ingredients together make a drink that is a bit like swallowing what I imagine acetate tastes like. Hmm. It is it's burnt rubber and plastic and everything <laughs> Which describes the seventies perfectly. So I know exactly. where you're going. And you're and you're watching this pollution monster yeah. who's who's actually whose superpower is when he flies over people, he's sort of farting pollution. This and seems they melt. like your perfect movie. Melt. This is it's, your perfect oh movie. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Recommend it to everybody. I had my doubts about it. I mean I've seen plenty of, of Godzilla films. Uh-huh. Maybe not I'm certainly not all of them because they make one a year and the 60s and 70s was filled with Godzilla and the original dude just passed away the, he did the yes. rubber suit guy and I just throw this in there as well so they started they started making Godzilla films when rubber was still in short supply in Japan because they had been in a war and so parts of the original Godzilla suit I I can't I'm just I'm repeating what I read on the internet. We're made of concrete. What? So he because you could shape it. And it what so but, literally <laughs> he was carrying around like a hundred and twenty pounds. So if you're wondering why Godzilla moved like he did, put on hundred and twenty pounds and uh, move around huh. and see how see how you fare. And then last as long as that gentleman did, which was into his eighties. Kudos to him. He played the character in the suit um, through several films until, of course, CG now, CG Godzilla. Although there's a new, I think there's a new Godzilla that is uh, the, the classic rubber suit Godzilla um, that came out a couple of years ago, which is only now uh, arriving here on our shores. And also, basically any Godzilla film is worth watching. There, even the bad ones are worth watching because you cannot believe how can What's you tell the bad ones? Well, the good ones, um, to me, make some logical sense. So the reason that Godzilla is attacking makes sense, or the reason that Godzuki appears, which is Godzilla's son, makes sense. The, the bad ones make no logical sense at, at all. But 
because they make no logical sense, they're actually more entertaining. So do you try to pick up on the logic of the movie just by watching it or do you research like do you hit wikipedia uh i'll do some research while i'm watching if something unbelievable happens because i want to know why that is occurring mm -hmm. and maybe it has to do with japanese culture that i don't necessarily understand right. yeah maybe it is because this is a sequel to a previous godzilla film and it's referring to something that occurred which i should know but i don't okay um but <clears throat> You know, we, we, we can know everything immediately now because we have our little phones attached to us by an umbilical. Yeah. We can go to Google or IMDb or search engine of choice. So duck, you're, duck, you're, you're advocating for having the experience, just going in. I, I am. I want to. So unknowing and Part of it is discovered. when I'm showing it at my home, I feel like a host. And I feel like I, I need to be a little bit knowledgeable about things that are going on. Even if you're just vaguely curious, mm. and and I I can be distracted. I want you to focus on the TV, but I want to be able to provide you with. You know why that just happened? It's because in the previous film, well, and... Godzilla and Gamera had a child. <laughs> the child, it, that kind of thing. I just want to. I just want to fill in the gaps. Right. Um, have... Well, yeah. If you're playing that sort of host role, it's sort of. I guess it's assumed that. Uh... You've seen the movie before. You're not coming into this brand new. Like you're sharing yes. an experience with somebody else. It, it, but I haven't always seen it before, but I just want to be the consummate host. Who doesn't? Sure. I mean, it's yeah. hospitality. That's what we're all about. Exactly. And and that's why you want to serve a Vu Kare with Godzilla versus a Smog Monster. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I have a counter challenge just because I, I watched one of my favorite movies the other day. Mm. Um, Which is what? Well, so what's your cocktail to pair with Raising Arizona? Ooh. And it has to be a cocktail, not, not just a PBR. That doesn't count. I'm going to say, uh, um, oh, it's one of two things, and, and I have reasons for both. It's either a Long Island iced tea. Sure. Okay. Or, and this is the one that, that reaches a little bit far, a Cosmo. <laughs> now, the so Long Island iced tea, I think, is self-explanatory. Uh -huh. It feels like a Marie Callender's kind of cocktail. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like the kind of thing that the characters would enjoy because it doesn't it doesn't taste like a cocktail. And well, you're drinking it, it. It, would, it would be their fancy night out is to go yes. to, you know, the yes. Applebee's or whatever. Red and Robin have, and have a Long Island yes. iced tea. Now, the reason I say Cosmo mm -hmm. is I think it's of the same time period. Mm hmm. And it was so popular that I believe that um, Holly Hunter's character, whose name escapes me, I'm sorry, would want that to appear to be kind of um, because I think she she was reaching for something. Yeah. Her name was Ed, by the way. Ed. She was reaching for something. She had dreams still. She had she had ambition. Yep. And I think the Cosmo with its relationship to Sex and the City mm -hmm. and 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 kind of the the ladies who lunch would be something that Ed would aspire to. Absolutely. Now, Nicolas Cage's character would not aspire to it. 
And I, but I he think would follow along. He would follow. He would. He would follow he would. Ed's lead because he wants her to like him. Yes. Yes. So though that would be, and you could, and and as an audience member, you could choose between those two. And I would hope that you would choose a Cosmo just because it's easier to make. <laughs> well, or me. Yeah, Long Island iced teas. Wow. Um, There's a lot going on in there. Yeah. I don't know if I have a counter proposal. Really, I really like. You, no, you got to do it now. You you yeah. you started down this path. I would do some sort of old fashioned. I think. Hmm. Oh, I can see that. And I'm thinking of this for two characters in three characters in in particular. You got Nathan Arizona, the furniture salesman, the father of the Quints. Right. He would totally drink an old fashioned. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for for sure. Uh or just whiskey. Yeah. And then you have uh the uh warthog from hell on his Harley, the uh Randall Tex Cobb character. Um mm-hmm. who would he would just drink kerosene, but the closest you can get to kerosene with a fancy cocktail is an old fashioned, I think. Um and then hmm, John really? Goodman. All right. Then John Goodman's Good. character. Like he that character doesn't know what an old fashioned is, would never order one, but if somebody put one in front of him, he would be a whole new world would open for him. Yes, and, and oh yeah, he would super enjoy it and he'd want to explore more fruit options. Yep. I think. Yep. I agree. I agree with the old fashioned I, for some reason, I went to uh, something involving, what's the horrible cinnamon whiskey? Fireball? Yeah, I was I was thinking that for the motorcycle guy. Some <laughs> some kind of fireball drink. Well, I don't be, even know what you can make with fireball. Because he ends up as a fireball at the end. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking more kind of thematically. If, like if you went to Alamo Draft House. Yes. That would be the kind of thing that, you, that that you'd have. Yep. I, I really, I think this is a new podcast for us. I think if we run out of cocktails to try, it it's like propose a film uh-huh. and then def- and then defend your cocktail. But we're not going to like actually podcast through the film, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like this no. could this could actually be a really short, like twenty minute podcast. Like yeah. we have we have the film. This is my drink. This is your drink. Yeah, fight it out. But I think I think people appreciate shorter podcasts. It's like I'm I'm stuck on a bus. What can I listen to? It's gonna like take me like allow me to survive this. Yeah, so... 20, twenty minutes at cocktails. It's it's the movie film. I'm 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 just gonna shoot. I'm blue skying. I'm whiteboarding this film. I don't know. I I got nothing. I'm not going there. I don't know. Yeah. Because delicious poison doesn't work. Delicious poison doesn't work for this case. It's got to be. It's got to be. Um, Movie drinks. Potent potables for <laughs> fifty. Alex. Uh, uh, <laughs> film. Movie. Cinema. Uh, okay, uh, we'll ask our audience. Like, help us here. Yeah. What? 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 What should this? If? If this? 
<laughs> if, this, if this happens, uh-huh. what do we call it? You can send in your film suggestions. Oh yeah, absolutely. This this uh, this is like the ultimate. Like what cocktail goes with two thousand one? Ooh, vodka. Oh my God. No, it's... just vodka. Just a glass. No, of no, vodka? no, 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 no. Like okay, I, I that's that's my base. That's my immediate okay, choice why? for base. What? How did you go there? Because, because it's the so stark. Blank? Yeah, two thousand one is such a stark movie. Like oh really? At the beginning though, it's not at all. You've got those like sensual, hairy things that are like being confronted by that by the monolith and and there and and right. And... But the the monolith itself just sort of reminds me of vodka. Right, but they're all like <laughs> juicy. They're they're like killing each other, right? Well, yeah, they, they're they've got they're screaming and 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 there's like the glowing eye zebra and, and all kinds of shit going on at the beginning. So maybe at the beginning, right? Uh, you you do a blood and sand. You do something like ooh, right? So and then a whole you into a whole this, menu for the movie. This yeah. So like when they when they get on board the Jupiter Seven, is that what it's? No, that's that's lost in space. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but when they get on board the 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 ship, right. then yes, then it's like a crisp, um, like it's 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 that kind of martini where you spritz the glass with the vermouth. You don't mm. even like add vermouth. And that yeah. And then when he gets to the 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 room at the end, when he's passing through the ages of his life, yeah, that's when you're doing something with scotch, something with 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 uh, age and and yeah, depth and something yes. going on there. Or maybe you come back to the blood and sand. Well, yeah, it makes makes a big circle. Uh-huh. Or or just do a Rob Roy, blood and sand Rob Roy. Ooh, I love a Rob Roy. You know that. Yeah. Uh, th- this is fun. I want to explore this. We all right. I mean, uh, we can we can just sort of pivot this podcast into this arena, but it's true because we really don't have any rules here. No. Oh, I just remembered. So no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Did I yell? <laughs> the you I wanted very to, the animated. Thing I, the thing I wanted to come back to was so on a couple of recent Blu-ray releases, mm. being uh, the Fate of the Furious. Yeah, and I'm a big fan. Absolutely. As well as Guardians of the Galaxy Two, they have headphone soundtracks. What? Yeah. So you you. You put on your cool headphones, you plug it in. So instead of having this giant array of 7.1 speakers now, apparently they have come up with with headphone mixes. And you can select those on these uh, DV, uh, Blu-rays, not DVDs, <clears throat> and just like sync into the film so you're you're not bothering your neighbors, right? You're yeah. not you don't have your subwoofer going. Well, and, th- and this this is what audiophiles do with their vinyl records and everything. Exactly. Like, yeah. And those are the only two films I've found with those that, on them yet. But that's I'm hoping why the good headphones have these giant coiled cords yes, that exactly. go for my, days. My my cable's like an inch thick. It's huge. It's 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 very and it's girthy. covered covered in cloth. Is that Isn't cloth? It? Yes, it's covered nice. in cloth. These are these are Japanese. I model it. I model them. <laughs> and this is literal wood on the outside, which apparently helps with the resonance or sure, something. I don't. Absolutely. I, I bought it. It, it works for guitars. 
But listening, so but plugging in the headphones and watching a movie on a big on on your big flat screen with the headphones, it's it's kind of amazing. But it, it doesn't that feel like sort of a selfish experience? I guess I mean if if you're by yourself, well, anyway, I am but... selfish. I mean, I don't live with anybody, so I, uh, the cat doesn't care. Yeah, but I'm I I find it an interesting next step, so that they're they're thinking about. Not necessarily going in and, you know, getting a theater space and having a subwoofer and surrounding yourself with speakers and the center speaker and lift. And, you know, Dolby Atmos now has overhead speakers and they just keep right. going on and on. Yeah. Now they're providing these like really personalized experiences with headphone mixes. I think it's uh, awesome. It's such a good idea. No, I, I think it's amazing. Like, I want to hear that. Uh it, it's kind of crazy. But, like, are you going to bro down with your buddy on the couch with both of you having headphones on? Well, I think I wonder if it's if it's like a, a sync up with how people are gaming now. Because people obviously game with headphones in the, in the, in the mic so they yeah. can talk to the other people they're they're playing with. Right. So are, I, I don't know. Are more people listening with headphones than involving, like, because I mean, really, putting the speakers around your apartment and or house and yeah, screwing them into the wall and making sure they're balanced correctly because it, it's a lot of work. I mean, with with my setup, literally, there's like a little mic that I carry around, right? And the the amp is smart enough to measure the balance about where where you are listening to it physically within the room, yeah, and yeah. trying to balance the equalization for that. Yep. Whereas if you just put on headphones, it knows that, okay, I I have direct access to both your ears. Yeah, so it can, it can make the space for you. Yes. Yeah, it's it's very 3D. It moves around. There are you some... hear uh, 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 nuances that you might not yeah. ordinarily hear. It's really cool. It's interesting. But on the other hand, I don't know how many people are buying blu-ray discs anymore yeah does everyone just go and, and just buy the digital download or do they just rent and not buy anymore i don't know what do you do jake uh i do i do a little bit of half and half um if it's something that i expect to watch twice i will buy it mm -hmm. um, if it's something that's just a throwaway and i want to watch it now just to spend time i'll rent it I so I have a 4K TV and I am buying some 4K discs because even watching a streaming broadcast of mm -hmm. something in 4K obviously is compressed to yeah. to get it across your pipe. The 4K uncompressed Blu-rays with the uncompressed audio is amazing. Yeah. It's like looking in a window. Like John Wick 2. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. I have. It's wonderful. I, I love the John Wick. <laughs> so there's the, the scene at the beginning is in a city, and there's a, a soundtrack that's taking place that's a movie, and there's a guy on a motorcycle who comes in, yeah. and he kind, of, he kind of crashes and crashes into it, and there's all this... Watching it on 4K TV is like watching a moving photograph. It's crazy. Hmm. I can't imagine. So Sharp just released an 8K TV. What? Yes. Oh, my. Now, it, it costs an exorbitant amount of money. Sure. 
and it, I, I can't imagine it getting any crisper than it already is on 4K, but it, it's just, it's getting crazy how yeah. good you can have the experience that you have at home now rivals, basically, what you can get in a theater. Yeah, which is why I don't go to the theater. <laughs> do you have a do you have a 4K TV? I don't. Like I've got a shitty TV. And... No, it's not. I bet it's not shitty. No, it's not shitty, but I mean, it's you know, 1080 yeah. or whatever it is, but it it's streaming it, it... video from like iTunes or whatever service is amazing. Like think yeah. think back to when we were growing up and we had fucking VHS tapes. Oh yeah. I I can't even tell you the amount of time I spend looking at people's hair. Like I can <laughs> see an individual hair on that person as they move and speak. Yeah. I'm not even paying attention to what the plot is. I'm just amazed at that how clear it is, how beautiful it is. By the way, on the uh John Wick, the extras uh that iTunes have and yeah. presumably they're also on the Blu-ray perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great because there's so much talk about how the stunts were performed and everything. So really cool. Highly recommended. Well, the awesome thing or one of the awesome things about buying the disc is you get the digital version. Mm-hmm. They give you a little code and you can check it in and then you can say, I use iTunes or I use Voodoo or whatever. Oh, your so that's sweet. Is. So you get the iTunes bespoke yes. extras as well so if, if you don't want to expand the energy of getting off your ass and putting the disc in the player you can just call up itunes and play it on on itunes as well it's perfect but i recommend i so if if you are contemplating getting a 4k tv i think it depends on how close you sit to your for to your tv <clears throat> because the pixels are such that 1080p is perfectly adequate Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The only reason to get a 4K is if you have a giant screen mm-hmm. and you sit fairly close to it. I have a tiny apartment. I have a huge screen. And you can definitely tell the difference between a 1080p and a 4K, yeah. which is double 10. So 2160 on the screen. If that's important to you, then yes, go go ahead and get a 4K TV. If not, meh. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about it. I I have recently decided my TV is too small. Um, mm. How big is it? It's forty ish. Like it's somewhere around forty. So it might be thirty eight. It may be forty two. I forget. Um, yeah, I kept moving up in class, and every time I move up, I think this is too big. Mm. And then I live with it for a while, and I'm like, I could go bigger. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've definitely like something has flipped in my brain and it's like I need at least fifty five right now. Occasionally <laughs> I will I watch something and I think this TV is the best thing I've ever purchased in my life. Like watching so I don't know if you're fo- have you been following along with the Twin Peaks uh, return? Yes. I have the uh the two finale episodes yet to watch. So. I, I'm I'm at the same place with you. But a, a few of those episodes on a giant screen with the surround sound, because he's, the, the sound design is such an integral part of what you're watching. Yes. That, that'd, be a good, it, that'd be a good headphones watch. It would be a very good headphones watch. 
I'm I'm a little bit disappointed because they're compressing the signal quite a lot when they're showing it on Showtime, mm. and it's it's very dark. A lot of it, like emotionally dark, but just physically dark. Yes, yes. A lot of the scenes are like headlights on country roads or in a dark room or in a dark experience, <clears throat> and streaming it doesn't break down well it's it's it, it like big chunks of things yeah so you you, you get the uh sort of is that moray or whatever it is the yes. sort of wash yeah, yeah of yeah less less so on game of thrones very much so on twin peaks so yeah. i'm looking forward to him releasing this series and those of you who kind of started watching twin peaks and gave up because it was too weird i i urge you to give it another shot with the understanding that it's supposed to be weird. You're not necessarily supposed to understand what's happening. I would highly recommend that folks watch the documentary about David Lynch. I think it's called A Life in Art or something like that. Because you realize that all of this stuff in Twin Peaks and all of this stuff in his movies have been themes with him since mm -hmm. his childhood. Yeah. Or and even look at his art. The, 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 his the his actual physical producing. art. Is, yeah. Like, there's recognizable themes from his physical art in this return series of Twin Peaks. Yes. I never knew about until I watched that documentary. So. And he's also a big believer in surrendering yourself to the environment of film, to not know too much about it, because yeah. he believes, for example... If you're watching The Lord of the Rings and there's all of those documentaries about how they made it, mm -hmm. how did they how did they fool your eye into thinking that those were small hobbits? How did they create all of the armor? How did they do things? He doesn't want to tell you any of that because he wants you to be absorbed by the world that he's creating. Now, the world he's creating doesn't have explanations in it, kind of like the world that you live in. Things occur without you knowing why they're happening until much later on or that don't make sense in the moment. Right. And that's kind of the theme, not only like to Jake's point, not only of Twin Peaks, but a lot of Lynch's work is about you cannot know everything that's happening. But here's a slice of it. You you, you can witness this part of it and and. It's weird. It doesn't make it doesn't necessarily make much sense. Right. But just just like experience it and have your own emotions about it, which is fine. And I'm I'm gonna tie this into cocktails in that it's the same thing with how you experience drinking something. Not everyone's palate is the same. Not everyone's taste is the same. Some people love gin. Some people hate gin. Mm -hmm. But when you're drinking gin and you hate it, why? What is the? What is that experience about? It's still a valid experience. Well, and the the other example is I'm convinced Dinah, your friend Dinah, has a totally different experience of bitter than I have. Very much. Yeah. And we like similar drinks. But I think she is tasting like, do we all see the same green man? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It, it, be, be, she loves eating the peel. She loves eating the pith. She likes that. Yeah. And, and to my way of thinking, it's because she doesn't experience bitter as intensely as I do. Right. I enjoy bitter 
mixed into the other things. It, it, it provides a balance. But she needs more of it. Mm. And Twin Peaks is the kind of the same thing. There, there are these extended scenes where nothing appears to be happening. There's, there's, a, there's a, a couple that are probably infamous now, which is the sweeping scene. Yep. There's a scene of a man in a bar sweeping the floor that goes on for like seven or eight minutes. Yeah. There's nothing else occurring. There have been scenes in this series that have made me laugh out loud. Yes. Yes. Like, I, you are just fucking with us, you asshole. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to be what you expect me to be. I'm not going to do what you expect me to do. Also, look at this. Look at how people do things. Right. And people do cruel things. People do beautiful things. People do nonsensical things. It doesn't necessarily need to ever make sense. Because does life make sense all the time? No. I'm going to say no. All right, so next episode we'll be picking cocktails for Lost Highway. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Or Mulholland Drive. Oh, there's uh, by the way, there's an there's a really excellent New Yorker article about Mulholland Drive that they just published. And I I did not know this, but Mulholland Drive was proposed as David Lynch's follow-up to Twin Peaks as an ABC series. What? Yes. He wanted to make that a TV show. Uh, and the article it. is about him going to ABC and giving them some parts of it, like the title, Mulholland Drive, which they loved, and the yeah. idea of it, but not explaining anything else about it. And it, it, it's, just, it's just great. You, you know, the, when Twin Peaks, The Return started, I thought to myself, or I even said out loud or tweeted or something, I have missed David Lynch so much. Mm-hmm. There is no one else who challenges you as much as he does. It's it's gorgeous. It's disturbing. Well, it's that documentary really helped me out a lot because watching him, mostly watching him create his physical art, like his mm-hmm. paintings and sculptures and mixed media things. Watching him do that made a lot of his film sort of make sense to me. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I get where he's coming from now. That I in a, in a way that I never did before. So is it the one where he talks about spit a lot? I saw a documentary where he was talking about spit on a sidewalk and how beautiful it was and he would take photos of it. No, that seems like a different one. This one uh, was fairly recent. Okay. It it was a Kickstarter thing that I, I backed. So I, I saw a, a video of him. I believe it was in Italy introducing the first two episodes of Twin Peaks, the return and telling them that it was, this is a film. It's not a series. It's a oh, film. It, it's absolutely an art film. Like it yeah. is a classic art film. Like yeah. every, well, everything now, that comes with that tag art film applies. Everything. Yes. Now that it's complete, uh, I do want to go back and watch it from the beginning because there are a lot there. There are so many things that occur with no explanation and no apparent connection. Right. But I think that in retrospect, it's going to make a kind of sense to me, or not. I'm okay with that as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, what are we at? We're at like 
Ooh, we're yeah. really long. We're good. <laughs> and I'm out of I'm out of I'm out of cocktails, so. All right, so we'll we'll definitely explore this uh, making cocktails for movies idea because I think that's fun. Um, yeah, and we can do more than one movie per episode. We 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 can like so when we shift cocktails, maybe uh-huh. we shift shift films. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let's think about it. All right. <laughs> now that we're drunk. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes total sense to maybe me. tomorrow when we wake up and are slightly sober. Mm. All right, Jake. Enjoy your week off. I will. As long as it cools the fuck down. Well, good night. Bye.